Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast for Sunday, May 7th, 2023. Today's sermon is a continuation of the March Through the Wilderness, Part 3, Divine Presence. If you'd like to follow along, please go to gracebaptistchurchnc.org, click the current sermons link at the top, and click today's manuscript. Welcome to Grace Baptist Church. Normally, again, I say let's turn back to Hebrews, which, by the way, we'll be back in Hebrews next week. So we'll get back there next week, but today... One more sermon dealing with the march or Israel's deliverance from Egypt. And now we've been three weeks in the desert. And so we'll, we'll come to that in just a moment. But before we do, let's pray one more time and ask the Lord to give us grace this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you again. Thank you even for these, these songs that we just sung about the gospel. Um. We are in Christ. No one can bid us to leave our position in Christ, which is, who is seated at your right hand. Father, we are positionally in Him now, and, and we've been given the down payment, who is the Holy Spirit, who lives and dwells in us. And so, Father, we, we give thanks. Thank you for a time we can gather. Take the Lord's Supper as your, as your church, meet together and sing and pray and hear the word preached. I pray that you would take this time and use it for your glory. I pray that I would decrease, that Christ would increase. I pray that your greatness would be seen in the story of the pillar of fire and cloud there in the desert. And uh, just, Father, just as I always pray, Father, we, are, we come in great humility, knowing that if you do not work, if you do not move, that uh, we will be left in our sins. And so, Father, in spite of me, pray that you would work greatly. Father, it's your word that is important, and, and your glory and your majesty. May we worship you today as we take the Lord's Supper and as we remember the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so last week we considered the rock, the rock that Moses struck. And the water came forth in abundance as God provided for Israel. And so as we look forward to the New Testament last week concerning this rock, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4 that they, those in the desert, they all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that is the spiritual rock that followed them and this rock was Christ. In other words, he was saying there are no blessings, whether it's in the Old Testament or in the New, there are no blessings that come down from God to us unless they come through the Son of God. And so today we will continue this theme, but we're going to move to another picture, our final picture, um, as before we move back into the book of Hebrews, and that is the pillar of cloud that we see that God... Well, it's really hard to use language to describe, and I'm going to try to do that today. But God shows up, His presence there in this cloud to lead the people out of Egypt and to do so many other things. And so the, the title really, or if we want to focus on an umbrella here, a truth, it is the divine presence of God. And so <clears throat> there's a lot we could read about this pillar of cloud, but I'm going to read from Exodus 13. 21 and 22. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way. And then by night 
and a pillar of fire to give light that they might travel by day and by night. Now there's more we will learn because there's more the Old Testament speaks on this topic. But the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night by night did not depart from the people did not depart from before the people. So with that in mind, I have three main truths about how we see the divine presence of God in the gospel of Christ, in Jesus himself. So three truths. And the three truths are basically in the pillar of cloud, we're going to see light, we're going to see, we're going to see fire, and then we're going to see splendor or glory. And so that's where we're going to be. Not a lot of applications today, just a couple at the end because the Lord's Supper is our application. So with that in mind, let's begin. The first truth, the first way we see Christ in the pillar of cloud. And so truth number one, as light, so that's our focus for this first point, light. As light, Christ is the manifestation of all truth. So before thinking about this light in this pillar of cloud, let me give some explanation for just a few minutes. In our text, God's presence is described as a pillar of cloud. That's just the way it's translated in the Hebrew, pillar of cloud. So this cloud was given to the people of God, Israel there when they were coming out, right from the beginning, right as they came out, right after the, the ten plagues and they're starting to come out we see this pillar of cloud that goes before the people to lead them out into the desert and then as they go out in the desert we see this pillar of cloud there when Pharaoh comes out with his armies there at the Red Sea the pillar of cloud moves behind them and becomes a barrier or a protection against Pharaoh in Exodus 14 19 and 20, we read, Then the angel of God who was going before, that's interesting because it's the angel of God um, was going before the host of Israel. So he's spoken of an angel here. And And then went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the, the darkness. That's interesting as well. And then... It lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. So there had to be some fire behind it to light up the night. So there was this barrier between the, <clears throat> the Egyptians and then Israel by, by way of protection. And so this is called also the cloud of glory. So the pillar of cloud is also called the cloud of glory. And so throughout their time in the desert, starting there right from the beginning... As needed, this cloud of glory was there as God's presence, and it showed up in different ways. When needed, if you think about Moses, when he went up on the mountain, there is the cloud of glory that surrounded the mountain. Or after the tabernacle was built, it would appear, this pillar of cloud would appear, it would appear over top of the tabernacle as the glory of the Lord. And oftentimes, When the people sinned in great ways, this pillar, cloud of pillar, then would become fire and then consume those who sinned. If you think about 
um, you know, the, the sons of Korah. And we're, we'll get to that just a little bit later. But in all of these ways, we saw this pillar of, gla- pillar of cloud. During the daytime, it was, it was a cloud. And then seems to be, as we read, that it would even go over against the sun and give them shade and protection from the sun during the day. <clears throat> and then at night, it would give them light. And, and so we see this cloud manifesting itself in so many different ways. And all of these things is basically to point out, I think as we go to the New Testament <clears throat> in Christ, we see the presence of God with his people. Psalm 105, 39. He spread a cloud for covering and a fire to give light by night. And so through all of this, though, they always or often this cloud is still called the cloud of glory or the cloud of splendor or the glory of the Lord. And so we see light, we see fire, and we see splendor. And in all of these ways, these picture the character of God in some way. So the first picture that we see is light. We have light here as we come into the room this morning. As light, it manifests God as the fountain of all truth. When I come home at night, it's been, and think about it, you come home at 10 o'clock at night and it's dark out and you get out of your car and you can't see to put on, to, to, some, to, to get in your door you use your little flashlight or your, little, your phone or whatever, and you're able to see how to get in. And you, when you first get in the house, what's the first thing you do? You turn on the light somewhere so you can see. We can see. We know what we're looking at. And, and so you've often heard people say before when they've discovered something big in their life, hey, I've seen the light. I've seen the light. In other words, I now know what is true. I've discovered what is right and what is true. So in the desert... We could say Israel saw the light. I think of Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. He says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Speaking of God, and then prophetically also to the Lord Jesus Christ. But arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I think Isaiah is thinking about back in the desert as the Glory of the Lord rose upon them. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, thick darkness, the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. So, in that time, God made himself known as light to Israel. 1 John chapter 1, 5 and 6. This is the message we have heard, heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. Today, God reveals himself to us, his presence. How? By cloud. Did you guys have a pillar of cloud leading you to the YMCA today? Or late at night, do you have a pillar of fire leading you somewhere where you should go? No, of course not. Today, as Christians, God leads us by His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Back in Hebrews 1, long ago at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us, how? By His Son, 
He is the radiance of the glory of God. He's saying right there because they could have said in that, in that time with Israel, this is the radiance of God, the splendor of God. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus is called Emmanuel. We sing that at Christmas, but what does Emmanuel mean? God is with us. That is the, the name that is given to Jesus. The Son of God, the Lord Jesus, took on flesh. In the pillar of cloud, there Israel, I believe we could say, in manner of speaking, they saw through a veil. But of Jesus, John says, the Apostle John says, we've seen him, we've touched him. We've beheld his glory. And he's thinking of that time when they went up on the mountain and he was transfigured before them, Peter, James, and John. And they said, we've seen, we've seen this glory that covered the Lord Jesus. And we know who he is. Jesus says to us, I am the light of the world. Those who follow me will not walk in darkness. He also says that I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. So today, we do not see God in a pillar of cloud by day or fire by night. We see God in the Son, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says this, if you've seen me, you've seen who? The Father. Now we could go into lots of verses, but we're going to see some more coming up. But a quick application before we move to truth number two. As Christians today, as those who believe in Christ, we walk in truth we understand, because God has revealed himself to us in the Son, we understand what he is like. We get the big picture. We understand what J Jeremiah was saying about there are only two kinds of people in this world. Those who walk after the truth and those who do not. Those who walk according to the kingdom of Satan and those who walk according to the kingdom. There's those who walk by faith and those who do not. There are only two types of people, and we know that. We know what is true. When I became a Christian which I believed happened back when I was 19 years old at, at university. Yes, I had made professions all along, had grown up in church, had sat and listened to truth, but it came there at that time when I believe my eyes were opened. And I saw, I, I remember, I've shared this story with you many, many times, but I just remember driving down the road up in the mountains of North Carolina looking out and going, wow. And not just saying this is beautiful, but my eyes were opened and I said, this, God made all of this. All of this is true. And all, all of this has a purpose and it is much bigger than me. And so Christians, when we come to Christ, we know what is true. And then we just begin a lifetime, a journey of searching out the word to find more and more truth. But we know what is truth. And so that is an application. If you are not a Christian today, then you, I, we can't expect you. That's why when you talk to your neighbors who are not Christians and you talk to them about stuff, they just sit there like this. Like, like you wonder, what's going on? <laughs> the Bible says that, 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 that in many, 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 many places that the one who doesn't have the Spirit of God doesn't understand spiritual things, does not understand the truth. And so if you are not a Christian, I would plead with you to turn unto Christ then and only then will you know what is true. And also, you will have your sins forgiven as we will remember today. But that's the first truth. <clears throat> light. Christ is light. Second truth. 
we see this idea of glory in the pillar of cloud or splendor. We might like that word. So here's, my, here's the truth. As splendor, Christ is the manifestation of all God's perfections. And so in Christ, we see, or He is, but we see by faith that He represents and manifests everything that God is in His perfections. So the pillar of cloud is, again, often described as radiant splendor. It's also called glory. So in the cloud, there is light. Now, we also see deep darkness. That don't mean that God is not the God of truth. That just means God is God. And there are things that we will not and cannot approach about God in His darkness in that way. But there is light and there is darkness. There is fire we will see later. But in all of this, there is splendor. So in this pillar of cloud, the people knew something that the rest of the world did not know. They they knew that God was with them. They didn't wonder there in the desert when the pillar of clouds showed up. Who is that? I wonder what's going on. No, they knew exactly who this was. It was God, the true and perfect God. And so if we think about the glory of the Lord, throughout the Old Testament, we see the glory of the Lord come down upon God's people. Have you ever thought about that? It's over and over. I'm going to, just a few ways and, and that I'm going to share here. But when the glory of the Lord comes down, the people know who this is. They don't, they're not mistaking the glory of the Lord for anything else. And so Israel knew that God delivered them in this great power in their deliverance. And, and then there, as they're brought out into the desert for the first time, there's this pillar of cloud. I can't imagine... I mean, we just we can't hardly imagine that, such an experience like that. And then they come to the Red Sea. And this, cl- this cloud of glory came down there behind them and protected them from the armies. And then when they got to the other side of the Red Sea, this cloud of, gl- of glory went before them, before the quail and the manna came down from heaven. We see this glory of the Lord. When Moses went up on the mountain, what did they see? They saw the glory of the Lord there over the mountain. Later, after the tabernacle was built, the glory of the Lord came down upon the tabernacle, the place where God rested or spoke to His presence with His people. Later we see the rebellion of of these sons of Korah, and we see them being swallowed up by all the ground because of their sin. Well, the glory of the Lord appeared at that time. Later on with Solomon, you remember when Solomon dedicated the temple, what happened? The glory of the Lord filled the temple so that no one could go in, no one could do anything because the glory of the Lord was right there amongst them. There was no mistaking His presence. And so with that in mind, when we come to the New Testament, today, in the gospel of Christ, Jesus says, I have come. To show you the Father. And so by faith, we know who the Lord Jesus Christ is. In Christ, God does not merely give us a pillar or a cloud. He takes on flesh and lives amongst us. And though His divinity is veiled by His humanity, we do not mistake Him 
uh, as being just a man. Instead, we see him for who he is. He is God in the flesh, not just a man. He's not just an angel, not just the first created angel. He is God in the flesh. So the apostle, excuse me, the apostles, particularly John, tells us, the word became flesh and what? Dwelled among us. And we've seen his glory. I think John's also maybe speaking of this glory at the transfiguration. But we've seen his glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. In his first letter, he says this. This is 1 John 1. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon, which we've touched with our hands concerning the word of life, This life was made manifest, we've seen it, we testify to it, and we proclaim to you eternal life, which was was with the Father and was made manifest to us. Peter, he says this in his second letter. He says, for we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses to his majesty for when he received honor and glory from God the father and the voice came down from heaven saying this is my beloved son listen to him so today not a lot of applications for us today but as we take the Lord's Supper here in just a moment we have the sun we don't have a pillar of cloud And this Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the glory of God the Father. In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul is speaking about the new covenant. And we're getting ready to, as we hear the words read, he's going to say, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, remember me. So Paul is talking to the Corinthians about this new covenant. And here's what he says, thinking back to Moses. He says, Moses, he would put on a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed, and we all, speaking to us, with unveiled face, we don't have veils on our faces, because there's no prophet among us going up on a mountain who gets, turns white because of the glory of the Lord. We don't have that today. And we all, with unveiled face, Beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So in this picture, this divine glory, we have the Lord Jesus. So we remember that this morning. Finally, truth number three, the picture of fire. So as fire there in the pillar of cloud... In the New Testament, Christ is the manifestation of God's power, or his, we might say his terrible or his awful power, and his judgment in holiness. So, in all of the descriptions of the pillar of cloud, I think for me, it seems like the fire just stands out. Um, and, and I think when we think about things in life too, when you think about other things, water and darkness and all these other things fire we're always mesmerized with it 
Kids love to go and make the fire and stand around the fire and see the fire. Something about fire. I mean, we don't even, we can't even look at the sun for very long because we would eventually go blind because of the things that come out of the sun that are dangerous to our eyes. So we're often thinking of fire. So for me, I don't know, but this picture of the pillar of the cloud that, 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 that has fire in it is a big picture for me. And so as we think about that pillar of cloud, even so during the daytime, that light is dim because there's the sun there physically for them. <clears throat> there was still fire behind the light. And at particular times, as God was leading them out, God needed to show to his people that, that, that sin against him was serious. And oftentimes they would, they would sin and then God would show up in this pillar of fire and judgment would come as we already shared with the, with the sons of Korah. <clears throat> so we see this in that time, Exodus 19, 18. I think when Moses went up on the mountain to receive the, we might say, the Ten Commandments or to receive the law, and what was the law? God's instructions to his people on how to do what? How to live, how to be holy. God says, be holy as I am holy. And so when Moses went up on the mountain, there was this fire just representing God's judgment upon those who sin against him. His just, just presence there of this light of fire that I am holy, God was saying. Very, very serious. Exodus 19, 18. Moses went up on the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. Can you imagine those couple million plus people standing around the mountain there at the base and seeing that, you think they were happy-go-lucky? No, they were trembling and they were serious because they knew that God was holy and that God judge, judges sin. And so this picture that we get is, is about God as a consuming fire and one who comes in, in holy judgment. The very same things in the Old Testament to describe God, though, when we come to the New Testament, the same things that are spoken about God in judgment and a consuming fire, we see the same kinds of things spoken of the Lord Jesus Christ. First chapter, I'm not going to share too much here this morning, but first chapter of Revelation, <clears throat> speaking of Jesus, we read, In his right hand he held seven stars from his mouth, Excuse me, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. Do you see that from the pillar of cloud coming to the Lord Jesus being, as him being described in this way? We're seeing judgment come out of his mouth. We're seeing his face shine with, with the sun in full strength. Revelation 19 11 to 16, listen to these words, speaking of the Lord Jesus. Then I saw heaven opened, behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. 
and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of, of God the Almighty. And on his robe, on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So brothers and sisters, the same holiness, the same awesome power, the same right to judge given to God in the Old Testament as they are coming out of Egypt is given to who? It's given to the Son. In the same way. Hebrews 4, speaking of the Word of God. Well, we know the Word of God is this written down to us, but Jesus is called in John 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. So in that light, Hebrews 4, 12 says this, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight. But we are all naked and exposed to the eyes of him to, him we must, who, to whom we must give an account. Even this morning, as I look at my own life, and I'm having my quiet time, as I, as I do, when, and as you do when you have your quiet time, you read the Word. We cannot separate this word from the one who gives it, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, even this morning, I was so convicted of my sins in, in great, in, my, in just so many ways. And you know what I'm talking about. And, and so, I, I'm, I'm praying to God, help me not to commit these sins that are here. Help me not to be idolatrous. Help me to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then I look at all the ways that I fail over and over and over again. And at the end of the day, all I can do as a Christian is then, who has been given truth, revealed this truth, all I can do is just fall upon my, the heart, my knees in my heart, there as I sit in my chair, know that Christ has covered my sins. Um, and that my sins have been judged on the cross, as we will remember. And so we remember the Lord Jesus Christ as the Word of God, as one who is a consuming fire. And so today, He is God. He's God in the flesh. And all authority, with all its power and all its judgment, is given to Him. I think of Philippians 2, 6 and 11, in light of this, that all judgment's been given to Him. He now sits at the right hand of God until all of His enemies are made His footstool. But we go back a bit. In order to get to this, Philippians 2, 6 through 11 must take place, which says, Paul says this to the Philippians. And, and, and I want us to kind of turn our attention now to the Lord's Supper. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or held on to. But he emptied himself, by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Therefore God has highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So there's something to going to the cross and then having the, God's judgment come down upon him and then his subsequent resurrection and then his appearance and then his ascension and then, of course, the giving of the Spirit. But this highly exalted did not come until those things took place. And he, he, he went back to where he was before. Therefore, thinking of the cross, God has highly exalted him and given to him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, we know these words, every knee will what? Bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So those are three pictures that we must remember and we can remember this morning. Light, splendor, and fire as we take the Lord's Supper. But before we do, just want to spend just very brief time in just application. When we think about the pillar of cloud, <clears throat> that pillar of cloud represents God, okay? In His character, who He is, what He's like. That's what we've been talking about. But there's so many ways that this pillar of cloud helped Israel. And so many ways the Lord Jesus gives help to us. And so we also have a picture of, of help from the Lord Jesus. The pillar of cloud was given for guidance. There was the cloud, right? Going through the desert. Go here, go here, stop here. Pick it up again, go there, or protection back behind the people in some way, shape, or form. Well, today, Jesus, a good way to put this is Jesus is our captain. He is the one who protects us. He is the one who guides us in this life. As the pillar of cloud led Israel to, eventually, to Canaan, to the land flowing with milk and honey, so Christ leads us to heaven. So by His Word, by His Spirit, He leads us as His people into all truth. He sanctifies us. Brothers and sisters, if it were not for the Lord Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit, you have no chance of being holy and growing in godliness. And so when you are a little bit better this week, or you are you sin less in a particular way, or God shows you something, it is because the Lord Jesus has given you His Spirit, and you are growing. So He sanctifies us. In all of our trials and all of our temptations, our captain has gone before us. He knows what it's like to go through trials and temptations. Because why? He Himself took on flesh. <clears throat> he knows what it's like. He is not just the divine presence from, from afar. <laughs> and thinking about, you know, Islam or any other religion, that's all you got. You got a divine presence that is far away that you can't quite ever get to. But the Lord Jesus, when we remember and we take the Lord's Supper, we, we remember so many words, but John 1 he became flesh and dwelt among us. And so he understands. He lives. He lived like us in every way, except he did not sin, which is why his death 
was accepted as a sacrifice. So when you believe on the Lord Jesus and we take the Lord's Supper in just a minute, we know that Christ has taken our sins upon himself and he's given us his righteousness and we've given him our sins. And he understands. He's not an outsider. He is son of man. And all of this he did that he might be the captain of our salvation. And the greatest act... Of course, the greatest outcome is his death on the cross that we remember today. So none of the blessings of God can be known and experienced without the death, the resurrection, ascension of our Lord. He has overcome all obstacles that we may know the Father. And it's not just that we might know the Father. There's more to it. It's that we might be united to him. And it's mysterious. But by the Spirit, as Christians, we are united to Him. John 17. Out of all the things Jesus came to do, this one is prevalent. This is the top as far as practically doing what, what He did on the cross for His people. Here's what He says. He prays in John 17 for those who will believe. And He says, speaking of all of His people, that they may all be one just as you are. Father, just as you are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. There's unity. So that, so that the world may believe that you've sent me. The glory you've given me, the glory, the splendor from the pillar cloud. The glory given me, I've given to them. Boy, that's mysterious, isn't it? That's the Spirit. I've given to them that they may be one even as we are one. And so in conclusion, as we take the Lord's Supper and we finish up these sermons on Israel in being delivered and Israel coming out into the desert, we remember that Christ is our great deliverer. As Moses delivered them from, from slavery, so Christ delivers us from sin. Christ is the manna. He, is, he says, I am the bread. We're getting ready to eat bread. Christ is the manna from heaven. Christ is the, is the rock, as we saw last week, who nourishes us and gives us what we need. Christ is the pillar of fire by night. He is the cloud by day. He is the splendor, the exact imprint of God's nature, the radiance of the glory of God. So Jesus today is the divine presence. And so we see him today pictured in this supper that we take together. And so by faith... We eat and we drink the flesh and the blood. Not actually, this is by faith, but by faith we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what this pictures today. And we know that apart from Him, we have nothing. And apart from Him, we can do nothing. So with that in mind, Gil, wherever you are, if you want to make your way on up. Um, and I'm, I'll pray in a moment, but if you are visiting with us, as we take the Lord's Supper, we'll do it by rows, on, rows on this side and rows on this side. If you are <clears throat> not a Christian, you know that, please do not take. We believe <clears throat> that only Christians are to take the Lord's Supper. If you are visiting from another church, um, if you are a baptized believer, we do, we do have open communion. Please come and, and take the Lord's Supper 
with us. If you're not under discipline from another church and nothing's hindering you there, please come and take the Lord's Supper with us. Um, With that in mind, let's spend a moment in silence just thinking about the sermon, thinking about preparing our hearts and pray to the Lord, and then I'll lead us in a prayer and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for just the pictures we have in the Old Testament. Pillar of cloud, fire, the light, splendor. We know that um, all of these just picture for us the true light, the true fire, the true glory and splendor, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Of all the people in the world, we we are the most blessed. Pray that today as we take the Lord's Supper, we remember His death, His life, His sinless life, His sacrifice particularly. We know that He rose from the dead. We know that He ascended to you. We know that He has poured out His Spirit upon us. I pray that by faith, that just listening to these words today, that would help us trust the Lord Jesus more today, that He might be more beautiful to us, that your wisdom and sending your Son Son might cause us in our hearts to worship more this week. We pray again that he would increase and that we would decrease. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Baptist Church podcast. You can listen to past sermons at podbean.com. Search Grace Baptist Church China Grove to find us. You can also find us on Apple Podcast. Search Grace Baptist Church China Grove. You can also join us at the South Row NYMCA, 950 Kimball Road, China Grove, North Carolina. We meet on Sunday mornings at 930 for fellowship and service starts at 10. Thank you for listening and remember to be intentional in making disciples this week.